Welcome to The Cantankerous Catholic with Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy. Listen to Joe tackle the really tough moral issues, current events, and politics from a Catholic perspective. Now here's Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy. Hello, Sixpack family, and Merry Christmas. Welcome back to The Cantankerous Catholic, episode 103. This is our Christmas 2020 episode, but it's not going to be anything like the typical Christmas presentation you'd expect. There's too much going on in the world that's vitally important to the future and lives of Catholics to go with feeling good Christmas things everybody else is doing. Instead of the typical, we're going to listen to some very important things from Raymond Leo Cardinal Burke. have an apostolate you'd like other Catholics to learn about? Maybe you have an e-commerce business and you want to build sales while supporting a holy orthodox apostolate. Whatever you want to advertise, the Cantankerous Catholic is your portal to success. The Cantankerous Catholic is barely two years into broadcasting its weekly shows and we're already listened to in 77 countries, all 50 states, and 177 major cities throughout the U.S. and Canada. Our listener demographics are the most sought after for advertisers. The Cantankerous Catholic avatar is 53% men and 47% women, ages 18 to 34. The show's average growth rate through 2020 was 14% per week, and our listeners are Orthodox Catholics who reject heterodox Catholic positions and political correctness. Relative to other podcasts and online advertising, our rates are extremely cost-effective and inexpensive. You can advertise in each episode's show notes, in the recorded episode itself, our weekly newsletter that announces each new episode, all of these media together, or in any combination. So contact us today on the Sponsor Kit page on our website, cantankerouscatholic.com, or email Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy, directly at joe at cantankerouscatholic.com to learn how you can begin driving traffic to whatever you want to promote while helping to support a worthy, orthodox, and hard-hitting apostolate. Before we get to Cardinal Burke, I'd like to remind you that you can still help Joseph Silver pay off his student debt so he can begin his vocation at Clear Creek Abbey by clicking the link in my show notes. I also want to mention something that demonstrates God's providence or loving care for us. The first place prize in our 100th episode drawing was the 1907 version of the Catholic Encyclopedia. The winner was a lady named Anissa Wilkinson. It seems that Anissa is a convert who came into the church last year, and she's excited about having this priceless resource to study in order to learn as much as she can about her newfound faith. Apparently, God's really looking out for Anissa, and I'm sure she'll make good use of her prize to prepare her for whatever work he has in store for her. She also indicates that her and her husband are hooked on the cantankerous Catholic, and for that we're thankful and grateful. Anissa, welcome home to the Catholic Church. Now to Cardinal Burke. 
Raymond Leo Cardinal Burke is the greatest defender of Catholic orthodoxy in the English-speaking world. He's also a hero to most devout and orthodox Catholics, as well as my friend. Since his eminence is the international director of the Marian Catechist Apostolate, and since I'm a consecrated member, I suppose that makes him my boss, too. On December 12th, Cardinal Burke said Mass at the Shrine of Our Lady of Guadalupe in La Crosse, Wisconsin on her feast day. The title of his eminence's holiday was Forces of the Great Reset Have Used COVID to Advance Their Evil Agenda. Some of you have already either read the text of that homily or heard the recording, but I'm sure most of you haven't. This is possibly the most important homily Cardinal Burke has ever given, and I believe it's vital for all Catholics to hear it. His eminence was obviously aware of just how important this homily was as well, because he gave it in both English and Spanish. I've been present for a number of his homilies, even four of them there at the Shrine of Our Lady Guadalupe, where this homily was given. I've never heard him give his homily in multiple language. I think that underscores the importance of this homily. I'm going to play the entire homily for you now. It's only about ten minutes long after I remove the Spanish. The six-pack family includes listeners in 79 different countries, but everyone who listens to the show understands English, so I felt it was okay to remove the Spanish. Ordinarily, this is where I say that I hope you enjoy the homily, but to be frank, I don't care whether you enjoy it or not. You're my family, and I always do what's best for my family. You really need to hear this. Don't stop listening to this episode when Cardinal Burke is finished, because I've got commentary on what he said that has eternal implications for you. For now, let's listen to his eminence. Praise be Jesus Christ. We come to Our Lady of Guadalupe on her feast day with troubled and heavy hearts. Our nation is going through a crisis which threatens its very future as free and democratic. The worldwide spread of Marxist materialism, which has already brought destruction and death to the lives of so many, and which has threatened the foundations of our nation for decades, and now seems to seize the governing power over our nation. To attain economic gains, we as a nation have permitted ourselves to become dependent upon the Chinese Communist Party, an ideology totally opposed to the Christian foundations upon which families and our nation remains safe and prosper. I speak of the United States of America, but evidently many other nations are in the throes of a similar, most alarming crisis. Then there is the mysterious Wuhan virus about whose nature and prevention the mass media daily give us conflicting information. What is clear, however, is that it has been used by certain forces inimical to families and to the freedom of nations to advance their evil agenda, 
These forces tell us that we are now the subjects of the so-called Great Reset, the new normal, which is dictated to us by their manipulation of citizens and nations through ignorance and fear. Now we are supposed to find in a disease and its prevention the way to understand and direct our lives rather than in God and in his plan for our salvation. The response of many bishops and priests and of many faithful has manifested a woeful lack of sound catechesis. So many in the church seem to have no understanding of how Christ continues his saving work in times of plague and of other disasters. What is more, our Holy Mother Church, the spotless bride of Christ, in which Christ is ever at work for our eternal redemption, is beset by reports of moral corruption, especially in matters of the Sixth and Seventh Commandments, which seem to increase by the day. In our own nation, the reports about Theodore McCarrick have rightly tempted many devoted Catholics to question the shepherds who, in accord with Christ's plan for the Church, are to be their secure guides by teaching the truths of the faith, by leading them in the fitting worship of God and in prayer to Him, and by guiding them by means of the Church's perennial discipline. Too often, the faithful receive nothing in response, or a response which is not grounded in the unchanging truths regarding faith and morals. They receive responses that seem to come not from shepherds, but from secular managers. The confusion regarding what the Church truly teaches and demands of us in accord with her teaching generates ever greater divisions within the body of Christ. All of this cripples the Church in her mission of witness to divine truth and divine love at a time when the world has never needed more the Church to be a beacon. In encountering the world, the Church falsely wants to accommodate herself to the world instead of calling the world to conversion in obedience to the divine law written on every human heart and revealed in its fullness in the redemptive incarnation of God the Son. These grievous troubles of course, present a formidable challenge to our daily Christian living. The impact of the crisis in the world and in the Church is profound for all of us. Many are enduring the most painful suffering, physical, emotional, and spiritual, which such a situation necessarily causes. 
at a time when we need to be close to one another in Christian love, worldly forces would isolate us and have us believe that we are alone and dependent upon secular forces which would make us slaves to their godless and murderous agenda. Yes, our hearts are understandably heavy, but Christ, through the intercession of his virgin mother, lifts up our hearts to his own, renewing our trust in him who has promised us eternal salvation in the church. He will never be unfaithful to his promises. He will never abandon us. Let us not be beguiled by the forces of the world and by false prophets. Let us not abandon Christ and seek our salvation in places where it never can be found. Let us never forget the words by which Our Lady identified herself in her first apparition to St. Juan Diego. No, no, for sure, my dearest and youngest son, that I am truly the ever-perfect Holy Virgin Mary, who has the honor to be the mother of the one true God for whom we all live, the creator of people, the Lord of all around us, and of what is close to us, the Lord of heaven, the Lord of earth. I want very much that they build my sacred little house here in which I will show him. I will exalt him upon making him manifest. I will give him to all people in all my personal love. Him that is my compassionate gaze, him that is my help, him that is my salvation. May the shrine of Our Lady of Guadalupe here be always a worthy instrument by which the Immaculate Heart of Mary draws hearts to herself and brings them to the glorious pierced heart of Jesus, to the only source of healing and strength in this life and unto eternal life. Before the final blessing, we will have the induction of pages and the knighting of pages in Our, Lord, Our Lady's Knights of the Altar, the boys and young men who serve our Lord during the sacred liturgy in this church. Let us pray, invoking the intercession of Our Lady and of St. Juan Diego, that the Nicholas Kottner, Michael Rowe, and Thomas Wilson who are to be inducted as pages, will persevere in their preparation to become Our Lady's Knights of the Altar, and that Jan Perat and Charlie Ilfri, who are to be knighted, will be always faithful to the high mission which they have accepted. May the holiness of their service of our Lord at the altar under the guidance and protection of Our Lady, be reflected in every aspect of their daily lives. 
Heart of Jesus, salvation of those who trust in thee, have mercy on us. Our Lady of Guadalupe, Mother of America, and Star of the New Evangelization, pray for us. Saint Joseph, Protector of Holy Church, pray for us. Saint Juan Diego, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The most important takeaway from Cardinal Burke's homily after his warning to us about the Great Reset is what he said about catechesis. His Eminence and I have discussed this topic on multiple occasions, and we're in complete and total agreement on the subject. I don't care who you are or whether you're a cradle Catholic or convert. I'm telling you now, you don't know nor understand the Catholic faith well enough or as well as you think you do anyway. You may think that since you attended Catholic school or because you're a lifelong Catholic that you know everything you need to know. Trust me, you don't. I began this apostolate after discussing it with Cardinal Burke in a private audience in St. Louis over five years ago. His eminence gave me a set of general guidelines for the work I do, and this podcast is a natural extension of those guidelines. His greatest concern then, as it remains now, is that the Catholic laity simply don't know the faith. A couple of months ago, in a conversation with Michael Voris, I mentioned that at least 95% of Catholics neither know nor understand the faith. He responded that he thought I was being very generous in that assessment. I think he was right. His Eminence, Voris, and I are all in agreement that the Catholic laity are mostly ignorant of the Catholic faith. I'm not saying that to be insulting or mean, but rather to drive home the point that the catechesis has been so poor in the last 50-plus years that the laity know more about the car they drive than they do the church. If you don't know much about your car, then you really don't know anything at all about the church. The whole reason that St. John Paul II ordered the production of the Catechism of the Catholic Church is because he was hoping the laity would have a renewed interest in learning the faith. He was cognizant of lay ignorance, too. Unfortunately, the Marxist USCCB convinced the laity that it was written for bishops, priests, theologians, and catechists. Well, if those people need the Catechism of the Catholic Church, we're in a lot more trouble than I thought. Most of you probably have a copy of the Catechism of the Catholic Church, but I bet I could count on both hands the number of you who've actually read and studied the entire volume. And I say that realizing that there are over 25,000 people in this listening audience. The primary reason for the existence of this apostolate is to help Catholics to better know, understand, and live our holy and ancient faith. After all, you can't live what you don't know, and Cardinal Burke acknowledged as much in his homily. Fortunately for you, as a consecrated member of the Marian Catechist Apostolate under Cardinal Burke and an active full-time lay evangelist for more than 30 years, this doctor has a pill for what ails you. You need to visit my show notes at cantankerouscatholic.com or click the show note link in the podcast player and click on the link that says, I want to learn more about the Catholic Church. Enter your best email and name into the form that pops up in your browser. 
Then you'll begin receiving a treatment for your malady. After filling out the form, every three days you'll begin to get short lessons for the faith in your email inbox. Don't worry, it's free. We're on Christmas break right now, but on January 10th, we'll recommence with the Sharing the Catholic Faith webinar series. You'll begin getting invitations for that, too, on January 5th. The webinars are free as well. Don't worry if you can't attend the live event on the 10th, because I have them all recorded so that you can watch them at your leisure. But in order to get a link to the recording, you have to sign up for each webinar. I strongly recommend that you attend the live webinars because you can ask me questions during the event. You can ask a question of a recording, though. Don't forget to go to the show notes for this episode and click on the link that says, I want to learn more about the Catholic Church. Together, we'll begin to help you learn the things the Marxist bishops have cheated you out of over the last 50-plus years. And if you've dealt with me through this apostolate at all, you already know that I take a personal interest in each and every person I deal with. The things I've said here are so important that I'm going to ask you to do two things. First, don't just tell your family and friends about this show. Go ahead and email them the link to it so they'll check it out as well. If you don't send a link, chances are pretty slim they'll ever check it out on their own. I don't make a dime by getting more listeners. I do this only for the sake of souls. The second thing I want you to do is to leave a review for The Cantankerous Catholic at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Heck, leave a review on all these platforms. I'm not egotistical enough to want reviews to puff up my ego. Asking you to leave a review is simply pragmatic. The algorithms on the podcast platforms most show the podcasts that have the most reviews. So when you leave a review, you help other Catholics to discover the Cantankerous Catholic Podcast. That way there'll be new listeners and you'll share in the graces God showers on the listeners for this show. God love you and I hope to be working with you soon. The whole reason this apostolate exists is for you, for the sake of your souls. I not only do the Cantankerous Catholic Podcast, but I also offer a free email course through joe6packanswers.com and offer a free webinar series called Sharing the Catholic Faith. I do everything I can for the benefit of souls, reaching out to both practicing Catholics, lapsed Catholics, and non-Catholics. As Raymond Leo Cardinal Burke told me, you receive the faith freely, share it with others freely. So I work alone and I do everything I can afford to do without cost to you. Until the lockdowns, I almost always earned enough revenues to cover expenses, and that's all I've ever cared about. Since the China virus lockdowns, I've had to face some pretty tough financial realities. During the lockdowns, my revenues were decimated, and I've had to pay expenses out of my pocket. Mrs. Sixpack and I live solely on our Social Security, which is very little. Paying monthly expenses out of pocket means doing without personal necessities, but we're committed to reaching souls. 
so it would be a great help if you'd help us meet our expenses. Therefore, I've decided that every January, April, July, and October, I'm going to ask you to help me help souls. In my show notes in the podcast player and at cantankerouscatholic.com, you'll find a link under the resources heading that reads, Help Keep Joe Sixpack the Every Catholic Guy Apostolate Alive. Please click on that link to give to the apostolate, and please check the box to make it a recurring gift if you can. The gift page will say Cassock Media LLC. And I thank you in advance for your generosity. Oh, and be assured that you'll be remembered in my daily hour of reparation and rosary. Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy, wants to make sure you're informed about all the Catholic news you need to know. Here's Joe Sixpack's top five Catholic news picks for this episode. Catholic news pick number five. Hats off to LifeSite News. In the gay male community, I got daily encouragement. In my estimation, my father was a lone holdout. Although I thought I knew what I wanted to hear, I actually needed something else. In hindsight, as a teenager, when I asked a priest for advice concerning my sexuality, I kind of knew what he would say, but I hoped he would say something else. He didn't, but my dad did. The dad in this story was a real Catholic dad. That's awesome, dude! You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Catholic News Pick Number 4 Hats off to Church Militant. So if you want to know how a Catholic bishop is supposed to sound, just listen to General Michael Flynn, who spoke at a Jericho march combined with a Stop the Steal rally in Washington, D.C.'s Freedom Plaza. I like that! You can read the whole story and listen to the video by clicking the link in my show notes. Catholic Catholic News Pick Number 3 Hats off to Catholic News Agency. St. Andre Bissett Church in Portland, Oregon, is known for helping the homeless and aiding those with mental health issues or substance abuse. But that didn't stop rioters from shattering the church's windows. They shattered the windows of a church that feeds Oregonians in need, said Democratic Governor Kate Brown. Indiscriminate destruction solves nothing. That just makes me mad! You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Catholic Catholic News Pick pick number two. Hats off to ABC News in Jacksonville, Florida. Chris Nickick became the first person with Down syndrome to complete the Ironman triathlon. Nickick tweeted, A year ago, I wrote, Chris World Champ, anything is possible. That's amazing! You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Catholic News Pick Number 1 Hats off to the Daily Wire. The Minneapolis chief of police implored the city council to bring in help from the outside after a hemorrhaging police force has left the city reeling amid rising crime. Hmm, defunding the police isn't so attractive now, is it? (laughs) 
You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. I am hard, but I am fair. It's time for the Catholic Boot Camp with your drill sergeant, Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy. Learn the Catholic faith and how to defend it like you've never heard it before. This boot camp is tough, so there's no political correctness, no spirit of Vatican II, and no namby-pamby platitudes. Drill Sergeant Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy, will prepare you for spiritual war. Now here's Joe Sixpack. As a former Protestant and the son of a real man's man, a highly decorated Korean war soldier, I grew up with a view of manhood that is, thankfully, very manly. I grew up hunting, fishing, spending a lot of time in the forest where I grew up. The old man taught me to stand up for myself at an early age, but not to be a bully. In fact, he told me to have pity for and to defend the underdog, as he'd call boys he considered weaklings. Consequently, nobody messed with me more than once. Any Catholic that my father was, he believed priests simply weren't real men. He believed any man who didn't marry was, well, you know the kind. An unfortunate reality over the past decade is, it turned out that many of our priests were exactly what Dad thought all of them were. I won't bother to get into the reasons why we ended up with priests who possessed the disorder of homosexuality, but there's no denying the fact that we've had some who are. Let me tell you, though, devoted priests who take their priesthood seriously are indeed real men. You see, a real man isn't the modern concept of machismo. A real man isn't one who can make babies or force someone to act according to the man's will by the threat of violence. Neither is a man a real man just because he hunts, fishes, or can fight. A real man is the sort of man who's compassionate without being maudlin. A real man loves other people just for the sake of love, without being mushy. A real man isn't self-serving, but rather is at the service of other people just because it's the right thing to do. A real man is comfortable in his own flesh. He knows who and what he is in the sight of God and men. A real man never lies, never cheats, never takes advantage of other people, regardless of the circumstances. In light of what I've just said, it occurs to me that I just described the priesthood. The priests in my parish, as well as a number of other priests I've known in my life, fit this description perfectly. I'd like to spend the next couple of Catholic boot camps explaining holy orders and the priesthood to you, as the Church teaches it and as I personally view it. As you may have noticed, I have and know a lot of stories that relate well to the subject matter I talk to you about every week. Sometimes, though, I can't recall the necessary details such is the case in what I'm going to relate to you now. I simply can't recall the name of the saint for this story, and I can't seem to locate him in any of my resources. But there was once a priest-saint who could see his guardian angel. While attending seminary, the saint would walk everywhere with his guardian angel while they talked. When they came to a door or gate, the saint would always open the way for the angel first. 
On the saint's ordination day, the day he received holy orders, the new priest and his angel came upon a gated fence. When they began to walk through the gate, the angel opened it for the saint. Puzzled, the saint asked why he should allow the angel to open the gate for him. The guardian angel replied, Today you are a priest of the living God. You possess something greater than all my gifts. You deserve this honor. That's how we should all view our priests. A priest is a man who possesses powers and a certain dignity that you and I will never possess. It's through his intentions and actions alone that God removes the stain of sin from our souls in the confessional. It's he alone who commands the God of the universe to come down from heaven into his hands, and God obeys. It's from the actions and intentions of the priest that we maintain life in our souls, just as food and water maintain physical life for our bodies. For this reason, it's proper to slightly bow when a priest walks by, or to kiss his hand when he offers it in friendship. This sometimes embarrasses a priest, but not one who understands his own priesthood. Some priests actually become angry when you show these signs of respect, signs that were common among the laity a few generations ago. These priests simply need to be reminded of what they are. I recall one jerking his hand back when I tried to kiss it, then loudly chastising me for doing so. As others looked on, I took his hand and drew him close so I could speak into his ear. I reminded him of the dignity and privilege of his priesthood, much the way I've described it already. I ended my soliloquy with, You are a priest of the living God. Act like it. Then he allowed me to kiss his hand without protest. Yeah, sometimes priests, just like the rest of us, need to be reminded of who and what they are. They are, after all, mere men, but they're men who God has called to be his representatives among us all. According to the Catechism of the Catholic Church, holy orders is the sacrament through which the mission entrusted by Christ to his apostles continues to be exercised in the church until the end of time. Thus, it is the sacrament of apostolic ministry. It includes three degrees, episcopate, bishop, presbyterate, priest, and diaconate, deacon. Only a baptized man validly receives sacred ordination. The Lord Jesus chose men to form the College of the Twelve Apostles, and the apostles did the same when they chose collaborators to succeed them in their ministry. The church recognizes herself to be bound by this choice made by the Lord himself. For this reason, the ordination of women is not possible. The male candidate for the priesthood must be a good Catholic, prepare himself by the necessary studies, have the intention of giving his life to God's service, and be accepted by his bishop or religious superior for ordination. Next week, we'll look at the Sacrament of Holy Orders more completely, including the diaconate a level of holy orders that's become trivialized by too many Catholics in modern times. Learn things about the Catholic faith you never knew in Joe Sixpack's Secrets of the Catholic Faith. There are many essentials to our holy and ancient faith that few modern Catholics know. Those essentials have become, well, secrets, hence the title Secrets of the Catholic Faith. 
Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy, is always exciting, never boring, and completely politically incorrect. He never shies away from the so-called untouchable moral issues. With his use of humor and directness, readers and students can never get enough of what he teaches. According to Joe, there isn't one single teaching of the Catholic Church that can't be completely demonstrated to an inquiring mind. Everything can be demonstrated. But the Catholic laity aren't being taught these things. They're being fed pablum when they need and want meat. Secrets of the Catholic Faith is actually exciting, and it will make any Catholic's chest swell with pride. So get your copy of Secrets of the Catholic Faith by Joe Sixpack, the Every Catholic Guy, today in print or ebook on Amazon, Apple Books, Barnes and Noble, and Kobo. The Catholic Church is 2,000 years old. A lot of wisdom is gained over two millennia. Each week we'll share some of that wisdom with a Catholic quote. So here's this week's Catholic quote. This week's Catholic quote is from St. Thomas Aquinas. He said, to convert somebody, go and take them by the hand and guide them. I believe a really great way to teach the faith is through stories, parables, and anecdotes. So here's today's story. During the French Revolution, many priests and nuns were being put to death. The entire convent of nuns at Vendée were condemned to death on the guillotine. They all knew what this meant, but on the day appointed for their execution, not one of them showed the least bit of fear. Instead, keeping close together, they lifted their voices in a sweet song. They walked to their deaths singing, and the song they sang was Come Holy Spirit. The nuns of Vendee didn't forget that the Holy Spirit is God, the third person of the Holy Trinity, and therefore important to them. He's the Spirit who gave the apostles and martyrs courage to lay down their lives for the Catholic faith. He also strengthened these nuns. Most of us rarely think of the Holy Spirit, yet he's as much our God as the Father and the Son. He needs to be important to you, too, especially since the probability exists that we'll all face the same fate as these nuns within the next few years. Every Catholic needs to be listening to the Cantankerous Catholic, because this show will help you to learn to navigate through these tumultuous times, as well as learn, understand, and live our Catholic faith better. You can help other Catholics find the Cantankerous Catholic much easier by leaving a review of this show at Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Reviews cause the podcasting platforms to show the Cantankerous Catholic more often. And I thank you in advance for leaving. This has been the Cantankerous Catholic with Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy. Thanks for subscribing and be sure to visit cantankerouscatholic.com to get your free copy of Joe's popular book, The Best of What We Believe, Why We Believe It. 